0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs,
1: this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
0: And welcome back to Locked on Chiefs. There's a plenty to talk about. Uh, the Chiefs played their second preseason game and had some fireworks that uh, I'm sure will be the talk of the town for uh, probably a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see it because thank you once again to Game Pass. Uh, the, the broadcast picked up for me in uh, just a couple minutes into the second quarter and then went out again. Barely into the third quarter, so I had to wait a couple days. Appreciate your patience on our post game. We are going to talk about that, but we also have to talk about a little bit of news too. Um, I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics as well as RGR Football, and Chris. Ah, uh, I don't know where to start.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the fireworks you're talking about is Trayvon Smith's good return on the punt, right?
0: Right. Sure. Sure.
1: Okay. <laughs> just, just checking.
0: So, as we're going to do this, uh, by the way, if you missed our announcement earlier, we're going to have stuff over at Chiefs Digest this year. We are actually going to partner with Matt and the group over there, so keep an eye out for stuff. At CD, you'll see links from us going over to CD, as well as uh, the pod and the videos and all that other stuff, too. So, uh, keep an eye out. But... As we uh, as we postponed because I hadn't seen the game yet, uh, we were recording Sunday morning, and just about an hour ago, the Chiefs made a signing of Orlando Scandrick, a guy that we talked about for a little bit last week, but we didn't go too in depth because you know once bitten twice shy with uh, Bashad Breland. But
1: I'd I still know prefer Breland.
0: Yeah, right. And, and there's a lot of folks out there that would. I know that it, uh, as far as the people that I've spoken to, it's kind of a fifty-fifty split across Chiefs Kingdom and. Uh, I know we have differing takes on it. So tell me not only why you prefer Breland, but, but what's your general look at uh, Skandrick himself?
1: I just think Breland's younger. I think he's better. Uh, Skandrick had one of his worst years last year. And I didn't really care for bringing in Breland, mainly because I like the young corners that the Chiefs have. And if you look at what this is going to cause, I think it's going to bump one of them off the roster.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I don't I, I have a feeling I know who it'll be, and the only can can I can say is that I think he's a guy that doesn't have enough on tape yet to really be a risk of losing to the league. I think they can get into the practice
1: squad, is my point. But here's the other complication. And who do you think it'll be? I think that's gonna be Demontre Wade. Well, I'm wondering if they, if it's not Wade and Springs. Well, I don't think yeah. Were, I don't think they were keeping two corner. Uh, I don't think they were keeping six corners. I think they are. That's uh-huh. my my assessment.
0: And here's the only reason that I say that. Uh, and we'll talk about this more when we when we review the game. And folks, we're going to go to that after the break here. Um, but you saw Arian Springs play some safety against the Atlanta Falcons, and I thought that was telling. Um, and, and that's a way to kind of you, depend on where you want to listen. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but I think the three young guys are the ones that are that are on the bubble because of this. And I think I I happen to agree with you. I think I would rather in terms of playability have Breland. But he's clearly not committed to anyone. No, uh, he's I not. still think I think he's just out for the payday. And I think Skandrick is a guy that at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable with with how much you're going to have to give up in starting Tremont Smith Signing a veteran of his caliber, which is not terribly high, I admit, um, is a stopgap. I expect him, and the, the big thing is we saw Stephen Nelson get hurt, and that's that's the issue um, right now. Tremont Smith's one of your starting three, if if they play a game tomorrow, and that's the problem. And I don't think as as athletic as he is, and and I think he's coming on well, but but he's halfway through his first training camp, and that's it. So I don't know you want to march him out there against Phillip Rivers and uh, Ben Roethlisberger, if Roethlisberger is even healthy. But the point is veteran quarterbacks are going to take advantage of in a a way that despite his athleticism, I don't think that he's really prepared for. And while later in the season,
1: I won't disagree with that. I won't disagree that they would take advantage of him. But what I will say is that uh, if you let him take his lumps, he's going to learn and he's going to be better. He's going to be better quicker. I agree, and I, I get I get the thought of that they think that they are uh, a competitor this year, and they think they can maybe play for the Super Bowl this year. Um, I do think that they have a good chance of winning the division. I just don't see this defense being at the, uh, the Super Bowl caliber. So, while I think it's possible, I don't think it's probable, and I think it's a short term move that's going to set them back in the long term. Because you don't have a guy in Emerson that's here next year. You don't have a guy in Steven Nelson that's here next year. Uh, Kendall Fuller is barely here next year, but he is here. Um, You know, You're going to have a lot of guys that you're going to need to pay. And if you can get a corner that comes in and actually can play next year, it really saves you a ton of money.
0: Well, I agree with that. I I don't think that them not being starters right now slows their progression that much.
1: I'm not saying starters. I'm saying that if they don't get a chance to play because they're sitting behind Skandrick, it will slow their progression.
0: Well, I I, see, and and I'm not worried about that because of what we saw with Steven Nelson. Injuries happen. They're going to get opportunities, and quite frankly, I think Skandrick's a stopgap, and I I would fully expect if the, the progression arc continues for at least Smith, and maybe Smith and Springs, eventually they overtake him this season. I think he's a first half of the season guy to plug a hole or, or be a safety blanket. And then I think by mid-season, after a, you know six, eight games of probably limited or no snaps for Smith and Springs, but that kind of film study, that level of seeing things, I, I think they'll be much better apt to step into that role. And then I don't care if you have Skandrick or not. And then I do want the young guys to get some some time, so... I'm not too worried about it in terms of what they progress for next year. But I agree with you. I think that the team sees themselves as a potential division winner, certainly, a potential playoff guy. And when you look at the Super Bowl last year, how many points were given up in that thing? I'm I'm looking for defense, and you know that. But I think they feel like they can win with a mediocre defense.
1: Well, and maybe they can. I just, I'm looking at what they have and it just doesn't, it doesn't uh, persuade me to have a lot of confidence in the fact that they think they, they can make the Super Bowl, especially if their offense doesn't figure things out. Uh, there was a couple of good plays. I think there was a couple of good drives, but it was still a little sloppy on offense. Yeah,
0: and we're going to have to go through that. And it's certainly a progression. I think at the end of the day, what they have right now, and I think the telling thing that we'll find out probably in the next couple of days is what the status is. of Stephen Nelson. Uh And it's I also find it interesting. When did Skander come in? Was it Thursday or Friday? No, it was even earlier than that, wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was Tuesday. No, so Wednesday, Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> okay. So two days before they, they fly out for a football game.
1: Yeah, but – the thing that really throws me off on that is he comes in Wednesday. He doesn't get signed until two days after the football game and yet no reports of him going elsewhere were even mentioned.
0: Yeah. And, And that's kind of my point. Like, I think that there was a match. I think there was interest, but because of the fact that they were playing a game on a Friday night, that kind of slowed it down. And the injury to Nelson is what really made it happen.
1: Well, I guess where I would go with that is it doesn't matter if you have interest in somebody, if you were an agent of a, of a football player and they do not have a job, you were still looking elsewhere and trying to get them in for visits. If the team isn't willing to offer them a contract right then and there. So to me, them not uh, to me, not hearing about him going anywhere else really tells me that there wasn't much interest elsewhere.
0: Okay. Then that may be fair. You know, at the end of the day, he may not be here long. If that progression for Smith in particular speeds up, I could see them cutting cutting him pretty quickly, but in the meantime, well, you have a guy that understands the game, knows what he's doing.
1: Yes, but the question the real question to me is does he is he going to be an upgrade over Smith or Springs at this point? With as bad as he played last year, is he really going to be that guy?
0: I, I think it's scheme dependent and I, I think he fits better than what he was asked to do last season, and that's just me. But he's never been an elite corner. Right. Um, but definitely last year was his worst year. It, it coincided with a move. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think he is probably better than the, the rookies right now. Whether that's true in six weeks, uh, I think it'd probably be about even. So,
1: Well, but with as old as he is, the question is, has he lost a step? True. Because somebody that wasn't ever elite and losing a step is going to be somebody that's going to be much worse than somebody that was elite and losing a step.
0: Well, speaking of losing steps, we have to talk about the other guys out there, but we'll do that after the break. Folks, we'll be right back, and we will get into this game action. So explosive highlight, at least, on both sides of the ball um, from guys that we've been talking about quite frequently. Um, let's let's start at the top um, 68.6 yards in the air.
1: Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the, the bigger play of Ben Neiman.
0: Oh, the bigger play, huh? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, what do you really want to say about that? What can you say about that? About which? Uh, about Mahomes' throw.
0: I'll, I'll say two things. And one was a reaction to what Pat said about it himself, um, that he never thought he'd actually thrown a pass that far in a game before. So, all those naysayers that said he's he's an air raid guy, he's never going to play as well as he did in college. Well, he's already broken one thing that he didn't do in college. Uh, and secondly, it was kind of a duck. Like, when you watch it, it was not anywhere close to a spiral. If he if he had thrown an actual tight spiral on that, he probably, A, would have hit Hill in stride, and B, it would have been another 8 or 10 yards down the field. Uh, that could have been an 80-yard pass.
1: Yeah. I really don't know what to say about that. That 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 play was just stupidly ridiculous in so many ways.
0: Well, and here's the thing. is I'm glad they got one in there because they need to prove to each other and to the rest of the offense that you can't quit on a play. You can never stop running a route, period. It doesn't matter if you're you know, uh, Alex, Blake, Ellis, whoever you are, uh, 17th on the wide receiver depth chart, or your are Tyreek Hill. You can't quit on a play with Pat Mahomes anywhere. But this is also a thing that we talked about a few weeks ago. I think you're going to see a few more of these early in the season, probably in the first quarter of the season. And then I think you're going to see defenses change because Atlanta Falcons, for some reason, thought that they could cover Hill one-on-one. Uh, and then even when he ran through zones and draw three receiver or er, defenders, he's still going to beat you. So I, I well, think it's going to change the way defenses approach the Chiefs.
1: The defense basically stopped. They thought that there was no way he was throwing the ball 65 yards down the field.
0: Right. He can't hit that from here.
1: And you're right. Bro. You're right. He said it was a duck. Uh, he admitted as much that, that it was a duck. He said, you know, and I'm not so sure that he hits Tyreek in stride. I'm not so sure that uh, he doesn't maybe overthrow him if that's not a duck.
0: Well, I think I think Tyreek looked pretty happy post-game that uh that that
1: he still hadn't been overthrown. <laughs> I think he's gonna hold on to that for a while. Well, he may hold on for to it for a while, but I don't know how ho- long he'll hold on to it because um we'll see if Mahomes gets another chance to do something like that. That was just like I said, that was a ridiculous throw. A ridiculous play. Yeah. Um, um But the but the best thing and you know, our buddy Seth had an article about this at the at the athletic uh which, if you guys are looking for a subscription, go check out The Athletic and go to theathletic.com dot com slash locked on chiefs, or I'm sorry, locked on NFL, uh, and you can. And honestly,
0: up. don't don't be afraid of the subscription part. It's a couple of bucks, especially with our discount code, and you get Seth and you get Nate, who's doing a great job, and you get the entire site. Uh, some of the best things that I've seen on non-Chiefs teams this offseason have been on that
1: particular site. So. Don't be put off too much by the subscription. Give it a shot. Well, and Seth had a fantastic article about that specific throw. And I saw it when the throw happened, but uh, I didn't think about it at the time. But that play was very similar to a play from the week before. Um, Maybe not in the route design, but in the way Mahomes was moving in the pocket and the way the pocket Mm -hmm. was kind of collapsing. Last week, Mahomes ran into a sack on that type of pocket, right,
0: and I believe Seth was saying that his steps were too long. he needed to make it choppier and just still could
1: be concerned about your platform, right? yep, that's exactly what Seth was saying, and he did that, and look what happens. I mean, last week, if he would have well, not like well, you know what I mean in the first game, if he steps right, he does those short, choppy steps, he maybe has a long touchdown to Watkins, yeah. Because Watkins, was well, if he one. can, uh, I don't think Sammy's dropping that one.
0: I, I'm officially worried about Sammy Watkins. I'm just saying.
1: Well, I think he's pressing too much right now, to be honest. Maybe, but, but I'm but not. The other I'm thing about worried, Mahomes that I'm play not though. worried about Watkins. I think he'll be fine. It's just a matter of him getting on the same page with with Mahomes. Uh, I mean, Tyree Kill did have at least a little bit of chemistry coming in this year with Mahomes. They practiced together. Um so just give it time. I think Sammy Watkins is going to be fine. And, you know, let's not forget, Pat almost did the Cardinal sin and threw an interception in the end zone. Uh, yes, he had a fantastic play, but it's not like his game was fantastic that entire game. That's and for it, sure. Well, and his and I, real interception was
0: horrible. But yeah, it was Gross. And I was going to get to that, but I just want to make one comment about him climbing that pocket first. Not only did he shorten his steps and keep his platform square so he could deliver a ball of that length, but I also like that he he had to sidestep as well. It It was multi dimensional in the movement that he had to produce inside of the pocket in order to be able to get that ball off. And that's something that he's going to see, especially when he plays, you know. The, the rushers in L.A. Uh, when he places faces Von Miller. Um, I, I think Schwartz does a very good job, particularly against Miller, but he's going to get some pressure that direction. He's going to have to not just step up, but he's going to have to fade to his left away from Miller as well as step up, and I think that was good practice for him.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about that fun interception that he telegraphed.
0: Well, Yeah, and that, and that was the thing is in – Uncharacteristic fashion, he stared Sammy down at that point. Like he knew that that's where the ball needed to go and that's what he was going to do. Um, and I think that's just personally, uh, I know that he's been studying a lot. I know that he's been using his eyes effectively and it, he has for a long time in, in college as well. I think he just either,
1: you know, thought it was a give me or just got lazy on a play. Well, maybe, but I mean, you can't. The thing that really bothered me about that interception was. If he throws that on a rope, it may be a big completion, but I'm not so sure Sammy doesn't get leveled. But yeah. you put the ball up there like that, that's, you're never going to be in a good situation if you have a safety that's over the top, and he should have seen that before the snap. Yeah, I mean,
0: that that should have been a route adjustment. It should have been an outside shoulder kind of thing. It's just run the play, get it over with. I, I don't know if he was looking towards the next play or what it was, but it was it was one of those things that we've talked about that, Mahomes is going to do from time to time. There are things that he just doesn't see or doesn't recognize in terms of being a threat. Um, and some of these defenders, especially in Atlanta, they have a good secondary. A lot of athletic guys that can cover ground, maybe quicker than, than he expected them to be and thought maybe that was safe. Um, because we all know Pat's not afraid of sm- small windows, narrow margins to get a ball through defenders to his receiver
1: no and i don't have a problem with that uh like i said my problem was basically the way he threw the ball because you throw the ball up in the air like that you have a very limited ability to hit somebody unless you don't have help over the top because help over the top is always going to be able to get in there for that type of throw um but i mean if he's if his guy's one on one yeah you want to put air under and you can let your guy run underneath it so yeah. Well, at that point,
0: let's take another quick break. We'll come back and finish talking about the offense. And, folks, we're going to do the defensive review for tomorrow. Now, the big play to Tyreek Hill was not the only good play of the day. What else really stood out to you, Uh, maybe a player or maybe a specific package?
1: Mm, I can't tell if you're really trying to get me to say something or not. But I uh, was impressed by uh, Dieter a little bit as well. which is surprising because he's not the one that stands out at camp. Really, it's, it seems to be Marcus Kemp, but Dieter seems to be the one that stands out in games. So, uh, well,
0: I'm, I wanted to hear you say it because that's that's what I thought as well. And I go back to, um, I think Tyreek put out some some video of he and uh, Dieter running routes uh, in between OTAs and camp, uh, and it stood out to me that Dieter cuts better than I thought he did. His lateral agility is better than I thought it was. And I I think he made that DB realize it as well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was a great – you know, honestly, one thing we haven't talked about is, you know, going into this offseason, I was worried about Henny. I don't know that I'm really that worried about Henny right now. I mean, yes, I know he's playing against the twos, but I think he's looked pretty good.
0: Well, and again, that and I equate that to what we were talking about, Skandrick. The guy's not an all-star quarterback, but he's a veteran. He knows the game. He knows the defenses. He can make reads. And I think that's in terms of an efficiency standpoint, that's enough to be a backup.
1: Oh, you just had to go there, didn't you? I I'm, I'm just saying it's relatable to me. That's fair. But as I'll tell you who I else hate,
0: stood out to me on offense.
1: As much as I hate admitting it, that's fair. Uh I, I know who I know who you're going with, Alex, Blake, Mac, whatever.
0: No, I, I didn't see him do much, to tell you the truth. I I I was not keyed in and I've only done the rewatch twice at
1: this point. So maybe I need to do it again, but well, I'm at Alex um, Ellis. I thought is who is where you're going. Right
0: No, And I thought he played fine. Um, not, not a big standout, but, but again, I like what he can do. He showed me nothing to make me think that he can't do a good job filling in. If Travis Kelsey were hurt in order to do the things they still want to do with Kelsey,
1: but it does look not he can do that. With it does me. look like to me that he's almost leapfrog Amaro. Mm hmm.
0: Although Amaro made a nice player too, as well. Yep.
1: Um. It, it's a
0: good situation to be in, but I, personally, it's just my opinion. If I was Andy Reid and I was looking to to continue to get matchup difficulties, uh, I'd I'd go with Ellis. But uh, no, the guy that stood out to me got some earlier work than I expected, and my guy Daryl Williams, man, he, I think he's making a push with some of these injuries to make this roster.
1: Well, he's only on the roster if they keep four running backs, um, which they will. Really? You think they're going to keep... Burn it
0: first, folks.
1: Wow. Well, especially at the rate that they
0: keep breaking themselves.
1: Well, uh, you know, the big thing to me there is that uh, we don't know what the injury is to Damian Williams. Right. Um, so that's concerning. Uh, you know, as... Well, sorry, go ahead. And,
0: and even on a bigger picture, the fact that it's Damian Williams and Chuck still out, that's those guys have the same role in my eyes and being that third down pass catching pass blocking type back and have them both injured is an issue.
1: Mm-hmm. It's fair. It, it's, it's questionable to see, say the least, you know, how that's going to shake out. I'm not sure. Uh, I do think that it's possible that uh, Chuck Hendrick plays in the third game, uh, but we don't know anything about Damien Williams and what his time frame is. Um, So I, I don't know. Darrell Williams, I thought, looked good. I, I don't think it's a good sign for Kerwin Williams to be the third running back off the bench. No. To a undrafted rookie. Yeah. Well,
0: and and this leads me into my biggest takeaway offensively. And I have to go back. i got to watch Cam Irving better. Um, I saw a couple of things that I wish he'd done better, but I thought in general he looked okay. I thought Wiley looked decent. Um, I, I thought Wiley had a little bit of nasty. Um, but I think uh, he's got to continue to progress. The thing that was really encouraging to me is what they did with the split back formation. Uh, and Daryl was in there at the time and, and he basically turned into a fullback at that point. Yep. And, and yay, that's good because I want to see, obviously we all know if anybody's happy to see a fullback type run, it's me. Um. But even if they don't, it's the, the options are so plentiful with this particular group of backs and what they can do. I think that's something that, again, provides matchups, provides hesitation on the defensive side. It can be a juggernaut for this team. And when you have backs like Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware and Darrell Williams, you put two of those guys in the backfield and either of them can block for the other. They're all good-sized backs. You're not giving away who's going to get the ball and who's going to be the block back or who's going to be a decoy. You can run so many variations through both power as well as in the passing game that that it keeps defenses so unaware that they have to cover everything. I think it's going to open up that offense some.
1: I think there's a definite possibility of that. Um, I'm still leery about them running a whole bunch of two back sets mainly because of the other offensive weapons they have, but uh, it doesn't have to be a regular basis that they're running a two back set. So, um, I do think it is going to be something that's going to be part of their, their offense this year. And I think it's going to be something that they'll take advantage of. I'm just not sure how much it's going to be taken advantage of considering in order to go to that two back set, you're going to have to take, well, I mean, I guess you can still have Watkins Hill and Kel- Kelsey all in the field. Um, but you know, you're taking Conley off for sure. Uh, and you're not going too tight set, which we know Andy Reid loves as well. So, right. you know.
0: Well, but here's ahead. the thing. is I agree with you. It's not going to be constant. I think it's going to be matchup based. And I look at, and everyone has given John Gruden a ton of crap this offseason. But I'll tell you this. He's analyzed what this league is doing and everyone is talking about how this is a passing league and nickel is the new base and dimes and 60 B's on the field is, is so not rare anymore. Okay. So if you're an offensive coach and you see that constantly, what do you do? Get your big guys out there and cram it down their throats in the run game. And I think there's going to be games for the chiefs when they see that that is a particular possibility when a team is weak against the run that they can use double backs. And, I would not be surprised if you're going to go for it and you're an offensive guy who recognizes matchups, just run one receiver. Run double tight and run those split backs, especially with guys like Kelsey uh, and, and Ellis, that you can line up on the line and shift them out into a four-wide set or, or three-wide set with one receiver out there. The shifts those guys are capable of doing, I think, gives you, again, matchup nightmares in turn, in terms of being able to line up in one perceived formation and change it completely
1: well you know to me it's going to be a fascinating year there's a lot of things that they're going to be able to do on offense that they haven't been able to do in the past um one of the things that we kind of haven't mentioned that much uh if you really look at it is you look at what they have on offense and you look at what they did with that pass from Mahomes to hill 70 yards basically in the air at some point, and you mentioned this, at some point, teams are not going to be able to stack the box against the Chiefs. I mean, if they want to start the season stacking the box, good luck. But yeah. at some point, they're going to have to start dropping guys back. Um, you know, and how funny is it to know that, you know, they can't stack the box when the Chiefs get past their own 25-yard line? <laughs> It
0: changes philosophy. I mean, folks, Louis Riddick has been talking all offseason about what Pat Mahomes is going to do for this team. But I, I'll take it a step further. He's going to change the way defenses across this league have to play because of that arm, even more so than Ben Roethlisberger or even Brett Favre before him. It's just the
1: possibilities. Well, and I'm not going to say Brett Favre never had good receivers. That's not what I will say. But Brett Favre never had Tyreek Hill. Right. And Roethlisberger's never had Tyreek Hill. And, yes, Antonio Brown's a fantastic wide receiver, but he doesn't have Hill's speed. Now, I, I will grant you, speed is not everything. But when you are talking about an arm like Mahomes, speed becomes so much of a bigger aspect.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was Antonio Brown on Twitter that called Tyreek Hill the greatest of all time. Yeah. I mean, that's the premier wideout at your position in the game today is referring to him as the GOAT. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, and, Ty- and Tyreek basically just responded and said, no, I'm chasing after you, which is great. I and mean, you know, more power to them both. Uh, glad they respect respect each other. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Tyreek's speed really will take the top-off defenses, and Sammy Watkins isn't a slouch. And that doesn't even get you to third string guy Chris Conley, who can run as well.
0: Yeah, as long as he's healthy. I, I didn't think that he looked particularly spry against the Falcons. Um, not that he looked injured, just he, he said he was about eighty, eighty five percent when camp started. I don't know that he's progressed a whole lot past that. So I, I think overall, how good, how what good we is
1: saw it that he doesn't have to be that much past that. Exactly, and, and I'll say this too.
0: Um, Marcus Robinson's had a great camp to this point and in no way do I think he's surpassed Chris Conley, but I think he's going to eat into his reps. I think you're going to see more of a 50-50 split at the third wide receiver spot and I'm okay with that, especially if Conley still isn't 100% because I think Robinson has made a leap this offseason in terms of being where he needs to be, understanding what he's supposed to be doing. Clearly, I don't know if he's shed pounds or not, he looks quicker to me in and out of cuts and maybe that's just repetition in working on his his routes, but... Uh, I think it's a positive oh.
1: sign for the offense overall. I, I think Robinson sees that he's got a payday coming this off season if he does well.
0: Oh, I don't even want to talk about paydays because, folks, it's going to be it's going to be astronomical when Tyreek Hill's contract comes up.
1: Well, Tyree Hill—I mean, that's one. Uh, you know, Mitch Morse is going to be another one that's going to be pretty big. Um, you know, we, I will say this though: an, 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 an option
0: just occurred to me. Tyreek, they can negotiate after this coming season, right? He's got two years left on his rookie. And that's about the time that you can let Sammy Watkins go. At well, 16 actually, a year.
1: no, I think he's only got one year left. Ah, okay. My
0: my point being is that when you realize that you have to pay Tyreek, and he's one of these players that if he continues to progress or even has the same output he had last season, he's a top 10 receiver, you, you have to try to retain him. The salary that you have in Sammy Watkins for the next season or two is – Cuttable and replaceable with Tyreek, you're gonna probably have to pay him more than that. But that's a good chunk. Oh, no of you have two, to have.
1: There's no probably too. You're gonna to have to pay him more than you paid Watkins. Right, and
0: what that leaves you is you have to draft somebody next season. You have to look at a, a lower end free agent signing to then pair with him because Tyreek will eat Sammy's contract. But depending on performance, you might be able to resign Chris Conley you might be able to resign to Marcus Robinson um, because while there may be market for them, it won't be, you know, number one or number two, because they're not going to see those kind of reps. So I think there's optimism here for the way they've set it up in creating cap space already allocated to the position that you can then move Tyreek into and, and get other low level signings.
1: Possibly, you know, the, the intriguing part to me is going to be, you know, you're right. They could sign one of those guys and, and, uh, Um, and go that route. Um, And that's certainly a possibility. If they do that, I'm okay with it. Uh, I think I would rather have Conley than Robinson at this point, unless Robinson really steps up this year. Uh, I'm just not sold on preseason stuff because he did preseason stuff last year. So uh, when he starts being able to do that in actual games, I'll be a little bit uh, more happy about it. And also, he did it last year against second-teamers, and that's what he's playing against right now. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't been in with the first team. So you haven't had a chance to see that. Um, that's fair. And until he does, uh, you know, when you're not playing against the other team's best players, uh, you can look like an all-star. Um, and we'll talk about this guy tomorrow. I think Ben Neiman has looked very good. Uh, but, you know, to me, it's a pump the brakes type thing. Uh, and that's fair. We have talked
0: about level of competition across the whole thing. Right. so. I think that's a good spot, folks. We hope you enjoyed the game. I hope you enjoyed today and our conversation. We're going to talk defense tomorrow and go over what we saw against the Falcons uh, as well as any other news that's breaking. So thanks for listening today, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.